Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Clausen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. I am so excited that you are here tuning in with me. If this is your first episode or you're a longtime listener, I'm so honored that you're joining. Um, I am recovering from a cold, so my voice is a little bit different. So I apologize, but here we are. I was went on a vacation for the first time in an embarrassing number of years um, with my sister, my dad, and then my sister's two kids, my niece and nephew, of course, and they are two and four, and I'm not used to being around kids all the time, so I think they may have spread their germs to me, um, but it was a really fun trip, and they just did really good with all the travel, so all in all, great experience, but I'm also a little bit sick. So, you know, it happens to the best of us. So anyways, today's episode I'm super excited about because I wanted to share with you kind of some tips and maybe steps to kind of get your team excited or excited-ish about change. Because I know in a lot of practices, including ones that I've worked in, um, change has always been a bristly subject. And you know, there is a lot of change happening in our practice. There's a lot of change in vet med. There's a lot of innovation happening all the time. Um, products are changing. Products are going on back order. Like there's so many things changing um, constantly. And so I think, you know, as we're trying to improve or better our practices, there are things that we can do and steps that we can take to kind of get them on board or more excited about change and things coming down the pike. So that's what I wanted to talk with um, you about today. Um, I'd also love to hear from you if there are things that have worked really well in your practice or changes that you've implemented that have made a big difference. I would love to hear about it. Send me a message on Instagram at Veterinary Care Logistics. You can also shoot me an email or find me on just about any other social media platform. So Love hearing from you. It truly does mean the world. Um, one more thing before we get started is I am hosting a free three-day workshop all about um, my kind of like roadmap and process for crafting, for effortlessly crafting an inventory action plan. So it's going to be a, a free workshop series. It starts on April 18th. I would love for you to join us. It's going to be super fun. We're going to do lots of learning. There's going to be prizes, there's teams, it's just going to be fun. So, I mean, it's inventory, why not make it fun, right? Um, if you're interested um, in joining, you can learn more and sign up at www.setupyourinventory.com. So that's where you can join us. Um, there's all the information that you need to know, including all the links to join the live video. So love to see you there. And if you do sign up, 
Um, let me know if you're on Team Cephalexin or Team Gabapentin. So, okay, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So I'm going to walk you through five steps for getting your team excited-ish about change. Hopefully they're excited. Maybe they're just excited-ish. Maybe they're not super thrilled, but here's kind of my steps um, that I like to take. So the first thing that needs to happen is to really start by communicating the change. Um, And this might look different depending on what you're trying to do. Um, But generally, we really want to kind of bring awareness. And so I've really kind of found it helpful for team members to become aware of the upcoming changes with as much advance notice as possible. So usually the less that is known about an upcoming change, it's likely to create more resistance. So I think sometimes when we know more details, when we have more advanced notice, it can kind of calm the anxiety that comes with something new or kind of like that fear of the unknown. Right. So if you're, you know, thinking about scenarios where there's big changes happening in your practice. So maybe you were switching practice management systems or anesthetic protocols, or there's like a huge change in staff scheduling systems or something like that. Um, you just really weren't given any advance notice and you just had to start using this new system or protocols that same day. Um, you, And maybe it was the case where you weren't given any explanation or provide any input. So I know for me personally, like that would be a very challenging situation to walk into where it was like, I just showed up for work one day and all of a sudden we're switching from paper charts to paperless. We're using a new software and I really had no advance notice or, you know, really no kind of anything about that. I know for me, that would be very challenging. So, and I know, and kind of like I've experienced just, you know, in my time in vet med, um, that that situation creates a lot of anxiety and frustration for others as well. Um, you know, because change can be challenging because it takes us out of our comfort zone. But, you know, I think by providing enough time to kind of like process the change, um, you know, formulate any questions, um, you know, provide feedback or just kind of get more comfortable with the upcoming changes, it can really kind of help make the transition to a new way that much easier. Um, So part of that process, of course, is kind of like communicating the change, but I think also is understanding the why behind it, right? Because if it's all of a sudden like, oh yeah, we're switching from, you know, paper charts to paperless, I think some of the whys are, you know, kind of clear in that situation, right? No one likes to hunt down charts for 75% of their day. Um, But in other decisions, maybe that why is not as clear. And so the benefits of that change is kind of like, well, why are we doing that? That seems silly. Um, But providing that why and that context can be helpful. Um, But even still, your team might understand why the change needs to happen, but that doesn't necessarily mean they will want to make the change or even be happy about it. So 
I know from personal experience, you know, if they don't support the change or believe it's necessary, it can certainly be an uphill battle. So the desire to participate or, you know, be an active participant might simply not be there. And so I find it helpful to kind of gauge your team members' reactions and kind of recognize their desire and willingness to change. Um, and also find opportunities um, to involve them in the process. So involving your team in the change um, by seeking their input, providing feedback, because I always find it really helpful to make sure that everyone's voice feels heard and they feel invested in the process if they want to be. Because resistance to change doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It might demonstrate an area or an opportunity for you to more clearly explain the benefits to the new process um, or just really an opportunity to adjust maybe what's happening or um, just provide more context or more support for your team. So, you know, and it might be the case where you might have to quote unquote, kind of hold their hands through the change management process. Um, but ultimately, I feel like, you know, hopefully the change you're making is for the better. Um, and so that will make the process go that more smoothly. So as an example, um, let's say if a new vaccine line was being brought on board and some of the team members didn't feel comfortable, you know, how could you address their concerns? Um, could a quote-unquote lunch and learn be scheduled with a veterinarian from the company to kind of help explain um, what might be helpful for the team members who don't entirely feel comfortable? Because if they're not comfortable, especially if they're part of the care team, that's going to make um, advocating for our patients much more challenging because we don't feel comfortable with some of the products that we're offering. So, um, you know, working with your team to really encourage open discussion so that they will, you know, kind of quote unquote buy in and hopefully be excited about the change. So I really, um, you know, think it's important to kind of be aware of your team members' feelings and then work with them to kind of address their fears um, and kind of show them why this is beneficial for them personally, um, for the practice, etc. So um, I think really kind of like involving them in the process can be super beneficial. So now the next part, right? So first we've kind of communicated the change. We've involved our team in the process. Um, and so the next step is to really kind of provide that training and support. Um, so providing that um, training or um, knowledge that they need to help them adjust to the change. And so this could be, you know, a wide range of things, depending on kind of what change you're trying to implement. Um, but I find that the more knowledge and training you can give them on the new process or change, the more they will kind of understand and again, feel comfortable, right? I always know, right? Um, I'm kind of letting my some of my anxieties show here. But when I'm like going to a new place, I like to check out the parking situation before I get there. I'm like, okay, is it going to be like, what type of parking situation am I going to know about? And so, like, that street view of Google, super helpful. Kind of the same thing here, where we kind of give them the tools and knowledge, knowledge and resource to kind of feel comfortable and um, 
I don't know if maybe safe is the right word, but maybe like the opportunity to be brave with change. There we go. The opportunity, giving them the tools and the resources is kind of giving them the opportunity to be brave about change. Um, so if the change requires new processes or procedures, mentoring um, team members, as well as kind of providing like references, cheat sheets, or guides that they can reference to help make it happen. I really, truly believe that knowledge is power here. And I found that the more our brains know and understand what's happening or what's going to happen, the easier it is to go out of your comfort zone. So if we're thinking about, um, you know, maybe we're changing software or um, like, let's think about maybe um, appointment reminding apps or something, giving our front desk team um references cheat sheets like quick guides so they can you know look up something really quickly if they're working with their client and have questions or they know where to go if they have questions or you know just kind of really helps to provide that supportive um, environment and resources for them to kind of feel more confident in what they're doing you know i don't know how many times like i have been kind of like thrown to the wolves if you will in vet med and so um i personally find it that I desire to do the opposite. I don't want anyone to feel like they're thrown to the wolves. I want them to feel like supported in that process. Um, And kind of like just a small tangent is I also find this like just being in vet med in general, I kind of like experienced a lot of maybe negativity or bullying. And so I feel like it's important to me now to be a source of like support and kindness where I can because I experience the op- opposite of that so often. And so I think that as people who are kind of like leading or changing and growing in our practice and we want to do better, the opportunity to do better than what we had or what we were given in the past is so cool. I think is such a great opportunity because, you know, like there was a lot of times where like I was crying in my car, you know, after work because it was just situations were not right. And I feel like the opportunity to maybe um, do better and be better than what I experienced is something that is really exciting for me. And I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to do so. Kind of a tangent, but something kind of like came up this week where I was like, oh, wait, hey, one of my values is actually to be like, to support people in kindness and be there for them. Um, rather than kind of the opposite. So that's just how I feel about training and change in general is like, how can we support people? Because I know I wasn't supported through a lot of change. Um, so, and I don't want others to experience that. So thank you for listening because um, I think what we're, you know, what you're doing and all the things that you're doing to improve your practices is just, uh, I love seeing it. I'm like in awe of you. I love you so much. You're amazing. So anyways, kind of a side tangent there, but anywho, going back to our five steps here. So the third one that I just covered in a little bit of a tangent was just to kind of provide that training and support and help them to feel um, comfortable and confident um, and and give them the knowledge to, um, you know, be brave with change. So 
Okay, the next one, number four, is so once our team kind of like understands the process, they're, um, you know, they know what's coming down the pike, they've been involved in the process, they were given training and support. Now it's important to make sure they have the ability to complete the process. So for example, if your practice was changing blood machines, it's one thing to learn how to use the new machines, but it's something entirely different to actually use the new machines. And so this kind of is the piece and the stepping stone between knowledge and ability, right? We might know how to calculate reorder points and we like know it in our brain, but then to actually do it and implement into our practice is a whole nother thing. So, you know, depending on kind of like the scope of change, it might be helpful to do some practice runs or provide kind of a one-on-one coaching or mentorship situation so that your team feels comfortable doing it themselves. It's also a great time to analyze what didn't work so well so that adjustments can be made and the process improved on. So, you know, really kind of like monitoring their progress, making sure that they feel comfortable actually doing it, right? They, um, you know, you kind of like watch them run the new blood machines or, you know, you provide feedback where necessary. It's kind of like that feedback loop. Um, and so, you know, really taking and being a mentor in this process and offering constructive feedback as well as listening for feedback and suggestions on the process, right? Because I love that our brains work so differently because people see things in such a huge variety of ways. And so I think kind of taking that feedback and looking at how people's brains work can even make this process a plus plus going forward. Um, so then the next and kind of like final step is to celebrate success and provide that reinforcement. So I think that kind of like celebrating success along the way to kind of help maintain momentum and build enthusiasm for change. So you know, once this change or, you know, newness has been implemented, I don't think the process stops there. So kind of providing that reinforcement is a crucial step to making sure that the changes last and are sustainable. You know, sometimes like if you're going from paper charts to paper lists, I don't think anyone is going to go back to writing a chart, but, you know, it's just a helpful kind of step in peace to make sure that your team members don't just kind of revert to the old way of doing things. It can also really kind of help them stay on track and um, productive with a new change. Um, and it can come in the forms of, you know, recognition, rewards, performance measures, positive feedback. You know, there's so many different ways that we can celebrate progress and we can celebrate what they're doing. Um, cause a lot of times, especially being shorthanded, um, you know, changing something big or even small in a practice can be, you know, taxing to our capacity. So I think remembering to celebrate that um, is important. So during this stage, I think it's also um, helpful to kind of look for any areas where the process might not be working as well as expected, 
or if there's any areas that are causing stress, anxiety, worry. Um, so it's just like an opportunity to say like, okay, so we made the change. Now, how is the change working? And do we need to do anything differently? Um, one of the biggest things I think is helpful is kind of like having and maintaining an open dialogue and being able to have um, just conversations um, with our team can be super, super helpful so that if they are frustrated or if they think something should be different or, um, you know, they're kind of like, coming up against a brick wall and they're just not feeling it, that they have the opportunity to come to you um, to kind of be heard and address those so that, you know, you can kind of like reiterate and make the process um, go as smoothly as possible for everyone, right? Because we want the change to be lasting and sustainable um, and carry us long-term. So um those are kind of some of my steps and kind of like the process that I go about um, to kind of get my team onboarded on board and excited about change. And so the kind of the five steps, again, we want to communicate the change and kind of like really explain why. Secondly, we want to involve the team in our process, um, get their input, get their feedback, make sure they feel heard. Um, step three is to really provide that training and support and education as needed. Um, and this might be look, this will look differently depending on what you're doing. Um, number four, step four would be to kind of monitor their progress and just as needed and make sure they feel comfortable taking this step, um, from knowledge to ability, um, and make sure that process going smoothly. And then the final piece is to kind of celebrate success, um, monitor for feedback, monitor for changes, and just kind of um, looking to see if there's any um, thing that can kind of help the process go smoothly going forward. So those are kind of some of my things that I like to do to get folks excited about change. I hope this episode was helpful for you. Thank you so much for listening as always. And um, I'm going to end this episode because my voice is uh, needs a little bit of a break. But don't forget, if you're interested, feel free to sign up for um, the upcoming workshop series. It's going to start on April 18th, going to go through April 20th. And it's all going to be about um, kind of my roadmap and process for effortly crafting an inventory action plan. So you can sign up and learn more at setupyourinventory.com. And as always, if you have any questions or if there's anything that I can help you with, I'm always happy to help and I'm here for you. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply, so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.